Smashes Backdoor Cut! Yeah! Back for another week. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo, here as always with first in line at the podium for Garland for All-Star Game, Jake Eisenberg. I feel like I'm pretty early. There's definitely I'm definitely behind Cavs Twitter, but yes, my All-Star bout that I made last week included Darius Garland. Very interesting. Very interesting. And of course, with us, as always, is potentially hopeful Utah Jazz fan nowadays, Matt Beatty. It's been a good week for the yeah. Jazz. <laughs> this road trip's been really good. I'm, the yeah. vibes are coming back. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm on board. Absolutely. Somewhere entering this road trip, it seemed like the whole world gave up on Rudy Gobert. Uh, no, and people somehow are just, people at the are end just of bullies. it, that's what it is, Josh. Well, They're just it, mean bullies. Not Brady, it seems, it seems like it because now, only a week later, I'm hearing a lot less bullying of our good friend Rudy. That's because he's bullied him because he's, put him in the rim. Uh, yeah, he's ripping down rebounds and Sends defending him back to Cameroon. He's just really good at what he does. And if that's not your cup of tea, then maybe don't watch that guy. But if <laughs> it is, then sweet. Yeah, you don't like you like, like wins. You know, like yeah, screen exactly. assists? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it started with um, Patrick Beverly, actually, King Bully in the NBA. That was so weird. saying, Rudy Gobert's guarding Jared Vanderbilt. And it's like, I don't know. That man. was weird. And they <laughs> yeah. lost by 30. Yeah. And Edwards got, as well. I think he yeah. said some stuff. And it's, yeah. yeah. How can you talk shit after weird. losing by 30? That was super weird. How, like, I mean, Rudy Gobert has made more playoff series than the yeah. Timberwolves organization in their Ever. existence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, they were, they were saying how no one's, scary, no one's scared going up to Rudy for a layup. They even reference your mate, Beatty, Kristaps uh, Porzingis. They say yeah, you go up so against yeah, Porzingis, yeah. You're, you're scared. You're not going to get that shot. But Rudy Gobert, nothing. What? Teddy Bear. Oh, yeah. Timberwolves weird. It's that's, real, themselves. that's real bullying if you're dragging Kristaps as the, the front runner in that conversation. <laughs> yeah, three games, three games below 500. I'm really feeling it. <laughs> Anyway, moving on, we are kicking off, of course, with our most regular and only segment, <laughs> the Rose Gold Moment of the Week, celebrating Australian hoops in some shape, way or form, wherever they may be around the world. We have so many options this week, it was actually hard to pick. Normally, we're struggling to think of something different than we normally do. So, we're going to kind of catch all here and give the Rose Gold Moment of the Week to both the NBL for being awesome this past week. Seriously, if you're in need of alternative NBA hoops, the NBL is where you should be looking. It is chippy. It is great. But secondly, Matthew Delavadova coming back home to <laughs> Melbourne United and not only getting the life dunked out of him by Mitch Creek, but not caring about that and finishing with a good game nonetheless. <laughs> I think he had 19 points. 10 rebounds or something like that. Oh, what awesome. A, it, what a positive spin, Josh. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, he, he had a great game. He may he be did dead. Have, outside of that one moment where it was maybe the worst moment of his entire career, he had a great game. <laughs> United, uh, United uh, they've got some worries, I reckon. It's early days and they've got some injuries and Chris Golding hasn't played yet, but... Uh, you know, it's it's. I'm a little bit concerned for them, but yeah, it was. I mean, this weekend of NBL was insane. It was yeah, actually it was, like it, it's crazy. I mean, the, the the two Jack Jumpers games as well have been awesome so far. Tazzy's like it's been packed out both both times. So 
it's it's been good vibes so far with two two rounds in. Yeah, I was watching the Adelaide game and it was packed house. The energy in there was awesome, all going off. Um, Cameron Besto played a good game, and uh, Mitch McCarron. There's but plenty it's been, it's of, uh, great the, this week. The Breakers are also the team you want to watch from an NBA perspective regarding next stars because they've got a couple of young dudes on there. That Besson, he's a French dude. I, I'm mm-hmm. not too sure whether he's a, a next star or if he's just a straight-up import, but he, he he obviously has NBA aspirations, wants to get drafted. But he had a good game on the weekend too. I think he had like 20-something as well. And the yeah. Breakers, uh, they're going to be an inconsistent team this year. They, they probably lack a little bit of some veteran presence on that roster and there's just too many other better teams in the league. But... He was good. He he looked. He didn't look out of his depth at all. Yeah. No, not at all. And th- I think this is going to be a theme for the rest of the season. Like, if that opening round, well, not even opening round, if those this early round was anything to go off, one of the best we've seen that I can remember in the NBL, and we're just getting warmed up. I think we're in for a really hot season. But I was mentioning just earlier, it's not just the NBL this week that Australia has been done proud in a basketball sense. We've got. Josh Green getting minutes for the Mavericks today. We've finally. Got, finally, I know. Free I know. Josh Green. We've got Jock Landale being sent to the Austin. They're not the Spurs, are they? Austin something. Spurs G League affiliate um, and absolutely dominated in the G League and promptly got sent straight back up to the Spurs. And Jock, uh, Greg Popovich was actually questioned why Jock got sent down in the first place. And he said, just experience. It's his first run in the NBA. He hasn't been able to play much all year. He had the concussion, and then he had the procedure he had to go through, so he's really behind. Best thing he can do is just get some minutes and play. And play did he. Dominated. Um, So hopefully he'll carve out a bit of a niche. We've got Tybal beating Steph Curry and the Warriors yesterday and swatting two Steph Curry three-point attempts. Tybal has to be the best in the world at swatting three-pointers. Yeah, the recovery getting around screens where people think that they've got their clean look off, off yeah. pin downs and pull up threes. He's the best at absolutely surprising people um, yeah. and get back the other way. He might miss the transition three on the way back, but he's getting his stops on the other end. Yeah, it's just well, crazy long, stops. hey? Like, yeah. I, I think people just underestimate that, but yeah. Ooh. His ability to evade screens and to hit the makeup time is outrageous. But not only this, as Beatty just mentioned, the Jazz have gone on a run. Joe Ingles has been playing well. Patty Mills got his 1,300th NBA three-pointer playing for the Nets the other day. And the Nets got a win today. Um, Giddy's back for the Thunder, and they're all of a sudden winning games as soon as he comes back. Been a very, very, very good week for Australian hoops, I feel. Dante Exum, Barcelona. Oh, of course. Dante Exum making his Barcelona debut. Our guy. In El Clasico versus Real Madrid over in the EuroLeague and winning. He only played maybe 10 minutes and got a couple of points, a couple of rebounds and assists, all that jazz. But, hey, that's pretty cool. Great experience for Dante. And if he can pick up maybe some shooting skills while over there in Spain, playing with Nikola Mirotic, former NBA star, then who knows? Maybe he's still got an NBA future ahead of him. I bloody hope so. He's, he's going to get a deal. Someone's got a uh, – coming up to this deadline and uh, – where are you going to pull play? It's going to be like a Mike. I mean, I'm not saying he's Mike James because obviously mm. Mike James is, you know, different kind of dude. But like, I, I think he has a use in the NBA still for sure. I, definitely I still think, he think he's a good defender. 
Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, that's yeah. that's where it is, right? Yeah, that's definitely his calling card. It's always the health, though, right? Like, yeah. how many how many games has he played for for Real now? I don't know. But... Uh, he's, he's played two games for Barca. He played a Barca. yearly game on Saturday morning, and then they, they had a league game, I think, yesterday. So it's it's a pretty jam packed schedule over there. But um, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's a three month deal. We'll see what happens. Hey, man, yeah. stay over there. What's going to happen? He's going to get a get a deal, come play for Indiana or whatever. It's going to be cold. <laughs> stay, in, stay in Barcelona, man. Enjoy well, you and Miritic, show the ropes. I was actually thinking because, I mean, we all discussed in our little chat, fellas, how it's only a three-month deal. The season goes longer than three months, even over in Europe. So what's the plan here? Is he Has he signed this deal with a look to maybe just keep the end of the season open and see how he's going? Do you reckon he's kept it short so he might still get a stab at the NBA later in the year? Yeah, I, I think reckon? so. I think that's definitely it. I mean, from Barca's perspective as well, as far as I can tell, it, it's just an injury cover. They've, they've got a few injuries, so that's that's why from their end it's it's a short-term deal. And for him, he, I mean, he wasn't playing. So obviously if that's the deal on, ta- on the table and that's the best offer for him, you know, then you'll take it and you'll worry about it in three months' time. Yeah, and it's his style of ball, much more FIBA-like rules, and we yeah. all know he's good at that. So we'll keep our eyes on Dante X and we'll be back on that. And we'll be back with more NBL updates and all sorts of rose gold updates next week. Aussie hoops going off. Aussie hoops popping off. So good. Hell yeah. Anyway, moving into our regular programming, why don't we kick things off with something that Jake and I have been campaigning for, Beatty against? Whoa. Actually, not not so much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be clear, Jake and I... We are all for Darius Garland being an all-star this year. We think he's earned it. We think he's lit. Beatty's not so not so sure. We're all fans of the Cavs, I think. Cavs have been unreal. Shockingly unreal, actually. If we recall in my or in our over-unders episode, I actually had the Cavs ranked last in the entire Eastern Conference behind the Pistons and the Magic. I had them under no hope. And they have immediately, I think they've already beaten the total. Which <laughs> Mate, they're not quite, really but close. Get, they, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Now, look, we uh, we all went under. Beatty and I, you know, we can laugh at Josh as we should, but we had him, we had them at 13th and we all went under. Uh, and fuck, I completely was, I was one of the biggest uh, haters on the Jared Allen contract. Thought it was absolutely ridiculous to pay him that much money for. Like, who, like who's paying him that much? But he's probably an all-star too right now. And I hit, right now, his production is worthy of that contract. Yeah. It's no I, question. I, I, sh- I shat on it just as much as you did. We thought it was insane. We thought signing all these seven-footers and playing all these seven-footers were insane. It's worth it. I, Eddie, I'm, I'm not gonna, I, okay I, yeah, I was fine with it. Well, who else? Like, yeah, okay, who else is going to pay? But like, who else is going to come to Cleveland? It's like, a really you, good point. You got to spend the cap. Yeah. You got to, and like, you don't do that trade last year to bring him there only to let him walk. You know, at the end of the season anyway. So obviously, it was that that decision was made back then, essentially. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not necessarily talking about production or whatever. He's been awesome. He's been really good. He's a big part of, of what they're doing. I think their lineups have been a bit funky this year. Like it, it's so interesting to see them trot out Allen and Markin and, and Mobley 
as a as a as a front line, like that's a big front line. That's like, three seven oh, footers yeah. in a league that is going smaller and smaller. That that's that's zigging, and when everyone else is zagging, and they're yes. all skillful. Like they're all skillful in their own way, which is usually you want to talk about some of these big guys. Maybe they don't have some of the skills, but like Mobley's a freak. He Man. is an absolute freak. Man. I was about to say, of all these Cavs, I think. Had I known Evan Mobley was as good as he is, I definitely wouldn't have had them dead last in the Eastern Conference. He is probably top. Actually, I'm not going to throw out uh, an arbitrary number, but yeah, he's you don't one of to, the best big men in the whole Eastern Conference like already, a, and he's a rookie. It's rare for rookies to impact winning that much. Like he can yeah. have big numbers and still be look good and promising. But like, I mean, look at Cade. Like, I think Cade has been. He's been fine for Detroit, but Detroit are bad. Like it's yeah. it's, it's hard. It's, it's rare when it, yeah. It's hard. It's rare for us. So don't don't beat yourself too much about that. About that, Josh. Yeah, Josh, fine, come bro. on. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. We, well, no, that, one, no one, no one saw the Evan Mobley kind of being like rookie KG coming. Yeah, so exactly. Really, yeah, no, and he okay. is, but <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I was watching um, the Cavs stomp my Bulls the other day, a fairly healthy Bulls team, mind you, and Evan Mobley was the catalyst like couldn't go near him he was so good he was altering shots altering drives blocking shots stealing the ball switching on the perimeter I, I was honestly no. blown away but both ends yeah he can guard everyone he can yeah. play fight he's playing the three mm. like he can he's running like the odd pick and roll like secondary ball handling stuff like yeah and the way he moves like on offense sure he's silky. not a 30 point per game scorer but just you can see his brain ticking like i see garland dribbling the ball up and already mobley's like moving to this spot sets a screen rolls to the rim and boom there's garland lobbing it up for him and there he is easy bucket moves back to the other end and he maybe tries an elbow pass in the corner of the key it's just yeah he's feel for the game like he's like it's like he's played five ten years and he's 20 games in and this, I think this team is a bit of a sneaky backdoor cut. They got we got some favorites on here. Like obviously Larry, uh, a Bulls, a Bulls. Yeah, uh, yeah. I ex, still maintain ex-ball. the Bulls destroyed Larry. That was our well, fault. They, they didn't destroy him because he's having an awesome year. And re- relative to previous yeah. years, like he's impacting winning. Winning last fifteen games, he's um, their third leading scorer at fifteen a game on forty six and forty percent shooting. Um, Chetty, we've always been a fan yep. of Chetty. I feel like going back to the Cavs days, and he's fucking—he's one of the best shooters in the league this year. I mean, Rubio, we've spoken about him earlier. Rubio, the, Rubio might be having one of his best years. He's he is. been yeah, awesome. He is. Yeah. He is having one of the, he's, and he's someone that I really want on the Celtics. A guy like there's not that many guys in the league that are just kind of straight point guards. That yes, they can score and they, he, he can kind of do it all. But you know, he he can create his own shot if he needs to, but he's so good at just moving the ball, getting people in the right spot and just keeping it going, keeping it moving. Like the whole, like part of the issue I think I had a little bit with, like with the Sexton Garland thing is that, and it's not like a knock necessarily on them, but it's just not a natural part of Sexton's game. Like he's a bucket getter. So you kind of take him out, you put Rubio in and he just kind of glues it all together a bit better. And then you, you've got you almost Kevin want him Lowe. to, you almost want him to switch roles. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what they um, what they do with Sexton coming up into the off season, especially considering how good he that they've been without him. Yeah, without him. Um, Although he could be like, 
I suppose they've looked so good without him because his role was very ball dominant when he was playing. Maybe if they move him to a less ball dominant role, more of sure. the Clarkson role, which we've all been calling for, maybe he's actually a huge help. And it's just one really good scorer that they can turn to if they need a bucket. But I you're right, maybe, Kevin Love's yeah. been great. Like it's just Yeah. And for Sexton, like I guess maybe you see this, you see the success that the team is yeah. having without you and you're like, okay. How do I fit into this as opposed to doing whatever I was doing before? And not to say, and the Cavs were doing doing well when he was playing too, but they've they've been one of the best teams in the league, like for the past few weeks. Um, you you can sort any games segment, last ten, last five, fifteen games, whatever you want. Their defense is like top three, top five, top ten. Yeah. Like, no matter which way you you filter it. Um, yeah, they've. Except at the very beginning, I think, in October. And that, like, is, that is the shocking bit. If you've got like a top three, top five defense while your point guard is six foot tall and you're trotting out three seven-footers at once, that's a hell of a scheme. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Bickerstaff over there, he's doing well. Yeah. Yeah, it's working. And I think, yeah, we, we both almost said it, but the, the Kevin Love renaissance, man, uh, he's come a long way from like – Throwing the ball at his teammates and like yeah. and like just walking and taking technicals. Today, um, Garland was just going off. Was it today? I know. But um, and Kevin Ludd's like doing bench celebrations, playing the guitar and stuff. And, and he's just like coming off the bench, like he's he's like a uh, double double guy. He's like twelve and twelve and nine, like sniping from the perimeter, like being fucking useful. Another guy that just gets the ball moving, pops it around, knocks yeah. down threes. Yeah. It seems like he's found the joy again. Yeah. Yeah. The, like this year's team, you know, every year there's a there's a couple of vibe teams. Like I feel like last year was sh- like maybe Charlotte and New York. Mm. Um, I'm wearing my Isaiah Thomas jersey. The last IT season, like, you know, teams like that that you didn't really quite see coming and they overperform and they've just got, they got some young guys, some vets that uh, have resurgences and they kind of have all those elements going for them. So... And it's fucking Cleveland. They deserve it after LeBron bailed on them, bastard. Yeah, it's a shame how how tied at the hip they are. LeBron, Cavs, and success. I mm. I mean, I just think that it's it's encouraging that a uh, yeah a market like Cleveland can. And again, it's still early, but like it, this is how you rebuild. We we look. We, I mean, we did an episode a few weeks back about Sacramento just being shit for like two decades. Mm. Uh, Orlando being shit for like two yeah. decades. Like so. Obviously, you know, Cleveland had some great moments with LeBron not too long ago and then that, that's gone now and, and they're now in this process of trying to claw their way back up and hopefully so far the returns are, are good and, and they're on the right track. Yeah, oh, 100%. It seems like they're definitely on the right track. If nothing else, come the end of this season, they'll know which young guys they can still keep growing with, which ones they can flip for something else. They've got, out of thin air, they've got a core now. Well, this, I feel this, like oh, they yeah. can build toward it. This is the other thing, right? Like it's, and I, we talked a little bit about it in our chat, like what decisions they decide to make closer to the deadline. Obviously, Sexton mm. is an extension there, or do they try and move him? The injury probably makes it a bit harder. Rubio yeah. is the other one who this is his expiries his last year, yeah. and if he's going to keep playing like this, well, do they just try and cash in and, and flip him and turn him into to assets or, or, or whatever? Like it's, it, it's. This could go in a number of different ways. It's true, like, and I, like, I lean towards you. you kind of captured lightning in a bottle. You, you, you should kind of build it towards like the future and, and maybe try and re-sign him or whatever. But 
at the same time, you don't want to end up kind of, we're going to get to the Knicks, I think, later, or some of the other teams that do have, like, a good season. And if you kind of overplay your hands, like, you, you think you're better than you are, where mm. realistically it's just, like, you're having a good year. And good years kind of come out of the blue and then you, you kind of regress a little bit. And it might make more sense to actually be more realistic about who you are in two to three years when Rubio is going to be like 35, 36. But I don't think you can go How wrong. How old is Ricky Rubio now? I don't know. I think he's Rubio wrong. is 31. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. But it's just because he's been in the league since he's like yeah. 19, 20. Like he's, he's been around for ages. Yeah, yeah, true. He only just turned 31 too. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, see, that's the thing. Like he's got, he's got three, four good years in him probably. Like he, he's not exactly a guy that's ever been like dunking on anyone. So... He's just going to be throwing oh, dimes yeah. for another five years. I feel years. like Rubio won't skip a beat until he retires. It'll just be the same guy. He might just go take the Dante Exum Meritage route and uh, back to, to Spain. Yeah. The good life. Has he ever played in Spain? Yeah, he, he did. He was in Spain before he, he came to the league. So he, yeah. he, he, he like played for Barca. He played for a few other clubs over there. Yeah. And um, I mean, that if you want to talk about that draft, that, that's where Minnesota took like two guys ahead of Steph Curry and <laughs> obviously didn't really pan out for them. But... In saying that, as much as you always, people will bring that up. You know, sure. Rubio's had an amazing professional career. Yeah. Mm. He is a jet. I mean, he's going to go. He'll easily go to the next Olympics again. Yeah. Like he's yeah, he's the ideal vet. He's awesome. A real trailblazer for international hoops in the NBA, no, and not a trailblazer in the sense that he was a pioneer for it, but mm-hmm. a trailblazer in the sense that like he stuck in the league that whole time, kept improving brought a bit of that flavor to the league rather than tried to be something he's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I mean, a lot of those guys will come in the league and have a couple of years and then well, for whatever reason it doesn't pan out and they go back to Europe. But obviously, yeah, as you said, Josh, he, he's managed to, to stay the course and he, he's he's a great player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and dude, these Cavs, man, like they've now created another team. You know, the, the whole goal now is to be sixth or above so you don't end up in the play-in, right? And like... You know, as a Celtics fan, I kind of had X amount of teams kind of pigeonholed as teams that I didn't have to worry about. The Cavs was a team <laughs> I didn't have to worry about. Um, and a team that has a top three, top five, top ten defense, 25, 26 games into the season, that's a team that's going to be there all year. Yeah, 100%. There's no doubt. A, a, a good call on the Knicks last year because it does yeah. feel very last year's Knicks, mm. just with more youth. Anywho, they're going to be around... Adding to the logjam, a logjam which includes a team we're about to talk about, the Indiana Pacers. What the hell's going on over there? Miles Turner's, I saw in the news him complaining about his role publicly, saying they don't value me, I want a bigger this, that. What's the go? This might be one of Beatty's better calls on the year. Only one of us are went under. Um, I obviously... I was a big Carlisle believer kind of coming in and, and just getting them playing on the same page and just being solid, but they're just having crap. It's weird, though. Average. They do have games where they look really good and everyone yeah. looks really good. Um, and it's those ones where you see, like, you look at the box score and there's, like, six or seven guys with 15 points and everyone's sharing the ball. <clears throat> it's, it's just weird. I don't know... Baby, I can see you smirking. No, I was. I might still say it in a little bit, but you go on, Josh. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, 
I don't know. I expected Carlisle to get the ball moving and to create some warmer vibes around a team that hated their coach last year. Um, yeah, it was a real. From all reports, it was a terrible environment last year. Yeah, that, and that's. I think that's what spins me out. For all accounts, they had a better record last year in that terrible environment than they do now, where they seem to play better ball and have a much nicer environment. So I'm, I am puzzled. But that could also be because the East is like from More seed difficult. three to ten. Yeah. It's all the same team. Yeah, and like yeah. they're still kind of in that mix. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like they're they're a three or four game stretch to being right back in it. So um, maybe it's too early. But I, I guess the the point of this is because they came out. There was a report from Sham and Woj about how all of the basically everyone's on the trading block. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you said, Miles Turner saying, um, "I'm I'm just a glorified role player here." Which, I mean, I don't know what he thinks he is exactly, yeah. but that's <laughs> yeah, that's a bizarre one. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, that's yeah. what he is. It's, it's the Pacers' fault that he's been so timid for six years. Yeah. But that's a good thing. Like you, a glorified role player. Like I don't know. That's pretty good. That's I, like a six, yeah. I. I, I my thing with this team at the start of the year, I, I just didn't think they had that much talent. Like I, I love Sabonis and I can appreciate the things that Turner does well. And I, I love Brogdon as well. But yeah, beyond those three, you know, it, it starts to, I mean, I know Karis LeVert once upon a time was, was a guy. But See, that's I, crazy. You've just rattled off four guys, which are good. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the thing is though, in a, they've just got a team full of guys who are probably six men, seventh men bench guys and it's you know excluding maybe one or two of those guys at the very top of that list and i I think they're also another one of these teams where we've seen this sabonis and turner thing for a few seasons now and there's always been this sort of you know murmurs about well can you win with these guys as a pairing or do you need to trade or or whatnot and i i just think they're obviously they've probably had enough and they if if we get some action closer to the deadline well then i guess we get some action i mean i think both of those Contracts are probably, I mean, they're not immo- immovable by any means, but it's, it'll be an interesting, I guess, which one are they going to pick? Which direction are they going to go? That's you got to pick Sabonis. If one of them is probably clearly better and the other one's complaining, you got to pick the better one. But what if you get, like, well, what about the packages though? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Are you really getting much back from Miles Turner and then yeah. you're in the same spot? Or yeah, do, you, like, true. Do, do you try and cash it in? Like, is, there, actually, is there yeah. a... Karis LeVert and Brogdon for Ben Simmons-esque trade. Yeah. Yeah, but I I don't think that, and and unfortunately on the other side, I don't think there's any appetite from from Philly for that though, right? Yeah. And I I, I actually think... But yeah, but you're not you're not Darren Mori. I, I think Murray. like I think Brogdon, like if we're just talking purely hypothetically, he's a fantastic fit on that Sixers team. He's mm. probably exactly what they need. But yeah, it obviously doesn't move the needle enough for for Philly. But it's it's yeah, it's just a bizarre kind of a vibe on that on that roster and how they're going to be able to to get out of this. It's it's going to be a long term project. Well, th- speaking of potential Ben Simmons trade and blowing it up, and everyone's on the trade block. A lot of rumblings that there's a couple of three-team, maybe even four-team deals being spoken about to facilitate this thing. And another team which almost certainly will be included in these talks is the Trailblazers, who have, I'm going to say it, sucked this year. They have been really, really bad. And um, yeah. 
they cupped it, but they at the same time they they've like Dame has played like half the games and been terrible in those yeah. games. New coach, few new pieces. Cold yeah, they, vibes. It's they have not, sucked. Not happening over there. But like, this is what I mean. Like, Trailblazers need to blow it up. Pacers need to blow it up. There's probably a couple of more teams we can even rattle off in this conversation, which would be open to yeah. maybe not it's, blowing it up. But it is funny it. because I think both teams, if they were to actually like start selling off pieces, would really ch- could really change the outs the outlook of a lot of teams. Like Levert, I think. As you said, great player, um, TJ Warren, if he gets healthy. like yeah. Guys that you add to like fringe contenders yeah. that could make a massive difference. Same with the Blazers, like CJ, Larry Nance, like Robert Covington, just six, you know, fifth. Oh, man. Yeah. like Yeah. Give me Larry Nance on the Celtics. Like, give, yeah. like there's there's a bunch of guys on a lot of these teams that would make a big impact. It's just – and it feels like the Blazers have, are kind of making the move two years too late for, to me. Well, but – in both really of matter. these instances, I'm sure if we looked in old backdoor cut videos, we could find examples from two, maybe even three years ago, where all three of us were calling to split up Sabonis and Turner and to split up McCollum and Dame. It's not nothing new. So- well, that that was my that was why I was smirking earlier, Josh, because the other one that maybe if you say two years too late, maybe we're two years too early. But what about Boston? What about their two guys? Uh- <laughs> what, about, what about that? You know what I mean? So it's Get easy, quick. It's easy yeah, to, Jake, to, what about to sit that? here. Yeah, it's easy to sit here in hindsight and be like, oh, it's like, Ben, this is the challenge of, of being a GM and being in the front office and oh, having to make these decisions. You make me sick. <laughs> well, sick. like, listen, we're, we're approaching a point now where it's going to start to be spoken about unless something happens soon. Oh, my. Okay. No, it's we, not. That, that was a thrower. Like, it's yeah. not realistically. Well, well, like, okay. We said, I, firstly, we're not talking about the Celtics till Christmas. Yeah. But secondly, we can't have this conversation about Jalen if he has not yeah, played no, half the season. Okay, fair okay? enough. We're allowed to have it if he's playing and it's not working. Then we can have the conversation. But until then, no. And we're moving on. Okay. Well, until we listen, lose no. to the Warriors, the Bucks, and the Knicks, and the Bucks again. We're going to park that and we yes. will revisit this should it be necessary down the line. All I want to say is that Daryl Morey should take CJ McCollum. If, if that's, if just do it, come on. Just now. check on his lung first. Just do, Yeah, check that. Make sure that's all sweet. But I want to see <laughs> a version of Portland with, with Ben and Dame. Cause I yeah, think me too. Be, I think that would be fun. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't think that, it doesn't feel like they're going to trade Dame. And everything that Dame says is like. Surely they can't. That would be the most bone headed move that they could do. I, I really hope that they yeah. don't do If that. they well, trade I mean, Dame, then it needs to be like a hardened deal where they're preparing for 10 years from now, not yeah, for and another I, and, good player. And I, I just don't, if I'm Portland, if I'm a Portland fan, I just don't have the appetite for that. I can understand it in Houston's kind of situation, maybe a little bit more. And obviously there's complexities there with their owner and by all reports, that guy's a bit of a wacko and obviously doesn't really want to spend too much money. Is happy to be a bad team for the next five years, and you know they've got a, a bit of a draft cash now. They're going to have picks in the lottery for the next few years, but I don't know. Like I just, I don't. I think Dame is still really, really good. While he hasn't been awesome so far yet this season, I'm sure he'll go on a run at some point. And yeah. Portland are going to be one of those teams again. In we talked about the Eastern logjam, and there's there's still a little bit of a logjam in the West. And I think if they have a hot two weeks or three weeks, they're going to be in that mix as well. So. 
you've got to act as if you're still in the window. And I think that they're they're doing that. I think that was why there was changes in the off season. That's why they they changed the coach. The GM's now changed. Like it's it's a bit of a turbulent period for this organization, and it's just how they navigate that and come out the other end. And and whether or not all the pieces of the roster are still there, I can't really figure. Seem like it's coming together at the moment. Like whatever Billups is trying to run out there seems bloody nondescript. Like. I've seen games where the game plan's not working and Nurk just takes the ball off everyone and dunks it for half an hour and they still lose, but Nurk finishes with 30 points. And I'm sure that's not Billups' plan. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's the jury is still out with a couple of these rookie yeah. first-year coaches. And no, I mean, you've got to give them some leash, absolutely. But yeah. yeah. It's a tough spot. I mean, like he was going to come in and fix the defense and they have yeah. one of the worst defenses again. But like what? Is that a him? Is that a built problem? Or is it because you're playing CJ and Dame in your backcourt? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. And like exactly. Nurk's good, but he's not. He's not a. Nurk is the kind of guy that has like a great game every two weeks, and that's you kind of remember that one, and then everything else in between is a bit. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. good. Nurk is fine. Don't get me wrong. I think I, I'm, I'm probably higher on Nurk than the the average, but it's he's still to Jake's point. I agree. He's still. You know he's he's great. He's oh, sorry, yeah. he's good. He's not like yeah. he's a good he's NBA awesome. big man. Yeah. yeah. Look, he's I not think in the bubble when he went on that run, I think I said he's a top five center, and I think oh, that dude, was I crazy. was with I was with you yeah. absolutely, and I think going off that little that little window, yeah. But realistically, yeah. now if you want to zoom out a bit, probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> well, there's, I feel like there's more good centers all of a sudden. I don't know. Evan Mobley. Yeah, number one. Yeah, the the, the bar's raised now. Like, if you got guys like Embiid, Jokic, Mobley in the league, like these are skilled big men, you know, who can still dunk it, who can still do all those things the old big men could do, just way more. Yeah, yeah. What's it? Yeah, I'm and Rudy Gobert. Sorry, baby. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I guess. Okay, moving yes. into the the last of these log jam teams and one who maybe we got a bit too high on last year i certainly did um it's probably the derrick rose vibes but of course we're talking about the knicks um the knicks look much more like the knicks this year as jake has so eloquently put it the knicks are back the, <laughs> the knicks are back, the knicks are back. <laughs> and Bing it feels bong. good <laughs> i love it they had their season highlight against the celtics night one Double OT, and it's been downhill since there. They did my boy Kemba dirty. They've done him real dirty. This guy can't even get off the bench now. This bullshit, dude. So yeah, me and Betty were talking about this before, but like, so he's a st- he's starting, he's starting, and then they just completely take him out of the rotation as opposed to trying to like m- change his role and completely rip him out. Yeah, um, no, it's something like he's either starting. Or not playing at all because he's he's not the archetype of what Tibbs wants off the yeah. bench. So I was looking at like just kind of basic numbers. So they were, when they benched him, the Knicks were ten and nine, I think. Mm-hmm. And since then they're two and five, and they have the twenty eighth ranked defense in that span. Like it's it, the whole point was for their defense to get better, and it's gotten wor- much worse. It's weird. I, it seems like with New York that the the lineups changing from game to game. Like Derrick Rose started today. Mitchell Robinson was on the bench the other day. It was the other way around. Uh, Kemba's all of a sudden out of the rotation. Fournier's pretty shit. Uh, 
it's just it's it's really weird. Like Julius Randall has regressed a bit this year. A bit, dude. Yeah. That's going to be one of the worst All NBA second teams I've ever seen in my life. But you he know? was really good last year. I guess. And it depends on that year, so I can't knock him. But I can this him. year he's he's been pretty rubbish, and RJ Barrett's been in and out of the lineup and rubbish. It's weird. The only player who seems to have improved this year is Obi Toppin. Yeah, he's been, you know, he's... But he's like a ninth man or something. Yeah, he's a role player. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, like, Burks, a big fan. Like, I've, you know, been like, where did this guy kind of come from last year and this year after kind of being thrown around in in Villa trades? He's been really solid, but he's not a starting point guard. No, he's not. He's not even a point guard, really. No, <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's been playing it the past couple of years, but... No. Yeah, so the Knicks are, are, don't feel like they're in a very good spot. And like from an asset perspective, like all the guys they drafted, RJ, RJ Barrett's the guy, and mm-hmm. he's completely come back to before this season, like the, the year before. And so they gave Julius Randle $100 million. They gave... Fournier, 80 mil, or whatever it was. That's wild. And, and and then they're not paying anyone else too much. But, like, well, who, they, who? I've seen it at the Bulls. I know full well Thibodeau rides his players into the ground and then they're no good anymore. And I do question whether a lot of this Knicks roster is just exhausted. And I was going to say, like, they they just went so hard last season. And to yeah. keep that going year on year, especially it's not like they have the personnel to just be naturally excellent on defense. Yeah, like a lot of last year, if you know they had a big game, it's because RJ Barrett had the game of his life. He's yeah. not experienced enough to dominate yet. He was just through sheer force of will. He would just keep going until mm. it went in. And like that's exhausting. If you try that again this year, we've seen it. RJ Barrett finishes with 10 points. It seems like Derrick Rose is the only one who can actually get a bucket, and he's 34 or whatever he is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting heavy memories from those Bulls teams yeah, yeah, post-D-Rose. The, the thing there, though, is like, at least those Bulls teams were still perennial playoff teams, and they were, you know, like this is, I mean, we've had one season of the Knicks making the playoffs, and again, <laughs> we're, we're only a... What, a touch over a quarter of the way through the season, mm. but they're not in the playoff picture right now. I would and say though that those Bulls teams were better. Like at the time, Joe Kim Noah was. Oh, of course, yeah. And- I get. I guess that's my kind of thing with this Knicks team is just like I, I don't know what happened last year, but I, I guess we all started drinking the Kool Aid a little bit. And I, you uh-huh. look up and down that roster now, it's just like again, this is another team where it's like, what's where's the talent on this team? It's that's probably the, like as much as I in sort of. Some context, I like a lot of their players. Like I think D-Rose, the last few years now, it's been a, an awesome story to watch him and he's bounced around and played for a few different teams, but he's been really good in, in that role. Um, for I, I've, I've always been a fan of Fournier, but like to your point, Jake, that dude doesn't play any defense. And, and when you're trying to improve that yeah. aspect, you know, that's probably not the as much as he can go get you a bucket. And same thing with Alec Burks. Like that guy, again, he's a bucket getter, but like, if you're one of the worst defensive teams in the league and that's what you need to try and tighten up, I guess it just hasn't panned out so far. I, I, I really, I mean, Barrett is not, like you look at some of the other guys in, in that sort of rookie class and, and whatnot, like th- these guys are playing all-star games already and Barrett is just not, 
what for whatever reason he just hasn't had the run or he's just not good enough like yeah it's i'm a i'm, I'm a very pessimistic about this situation yeah well, they, we... could, they could be another one of these blow it up trade some things teams like as i said there's probably maybe six around yeah. the league right now where... it's not it's, it's less blow it up and i think it's just more okay, this season's a throwaway. Yeah, let's be active in, towards the deadline and, and we'll try and, and be smart about it. But like at the same time, they actually don't really... It's what Randall and Fournier is the only sort of long-term money, I think, that's locked yeah. up on this team. So they have flexibility. Yeah, Re- I reshuffle, I, was, I should say, yeah. not blow it up. Like D Rose is making like 13, 14 a year for a couple yeah. of years. But like that's 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 like, that's small. Um, yeah. And like the other guys that are making... Like, like Alex Burks, he's on 10 mil a year, but... I, you get still get assets for him. Yeah, like I think people yeah. would, would like Absolutely. even though yeah he's just not in the right spot. Yeah. Um, the Kemba thing is just a bummer. He's I am I guy. am leaning toward a lot of this is just fatigue though. Like last year was the as you said Jake the perfect storm. They got all these guys who are underappreciated on their old teams. Get a coach who's just work hard. I don't care if they underappreciated you or not. Just as long as you work hard. They all bought in. They all had this mm. vibe. And it was good. It worked. And now there's actually expectations behind them. They sign a couple of guys they probably shouldn't have signed, and the energy is gone. Yeah, and like I think we're we, you know we might look back in however many years and look at this like three year span between the bubble, the last season, and and even this year. Definitely at least less so this year. But last season, how many people were in and out of the COVID protocol, injuries, yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, and because of the condensed season and the Knicks had like some of the best injury and COVID luck of the, of the league. And that's just another factor. And then there was like that weird number about how teams just shot a really low percentage of Cornish threes against them. So all of that stuff's just coming, regressing straight back to the mean and they're being exposed for the frauds that they are. And the Knicks are back. And the Knicks are back. It's great. I think I, you know, I love that we have the first night of that video of them celebrating because then we have to use that always and forever now. Yeah, good times. That Ime just plays that in the in the locker room before the next game. Is that all it is? That's... I hope so. We need. Maybe we should try that at least before the next game on um, next week. I think it is. But yeah, Jalen, back for that one. He should be back tomorrow. Should be back tomorrow against uh, the Warriors, which. Uh, Draymond was talking about how he was keen to like make up for. Oh no, that's Bucks Celtics tomorrow, and then later in the week's Warriors. But yeah, Jalen's coming back tomorrow, so we can start trading Jalen after next week. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll bear that in mind. Yeah. Um, but with the Knicks, that's pretty much all I had to talk about this week. Yeah, guys. not a not a super exciting one. Um, Other than all yeah. the all the fantastic Aussie hoops. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about the Bulls? I mean, like, just as, you know, you're about to go to um, heaven for the rest of your life, uh, every single player has COVID. Yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. Yeah. Um, like, absurd, the fact that it ran through the team. As soon as I started drinking too much of the Bulls Kool-Aid, I got scared and stopped drinking it. And now I'm kind of back down to earth. And um, we'll see how I, it goes. You know, I'm not I'm too so, invested. I'm so jealous of your ability to remain measured. Like, <laughs> well, if, uh, if if you've sucked for this long, you get pretty good at it. That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. I guess it's my my personality. Is I'm just like way too optimistic. I'm like, oh, three game winning streak. Could we make the finals? <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a Boston thing though. The Boston fans Boston? feed into each other. 
They're like, did you see? We this? win a lot and of championships. Like, yeah, yeah, so Boston? yeah, Boston has never been bad in any sport for yeah. any of our lives. So yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's not my fault, but I'm like this. Fair enough. Not Thank at you. all. Not at all. Chicago sh- perennially sucks, except when in Michael Jordan plays for them. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, which is a bummer. With that, fellas, I reckon that's a wrap. Yeah, mate. Until next week. Yeah. It's been Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo, of course, here with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. And we will talk to you next week. Peace.